What a, uh, what a beautiful morning it is and has been already. Once again, if you are a guest here, we are so thankful and, and humbled that you chose to spend your Christmas Eve with us. We know that there's uh, a myriad of other places that you could be, but yet you chose to be here, and uh, it is a humbling and, and honoring privilege to, to have you here today. Apparently, if you sit on the front row right here, you need sunglasses at uh, 10.36 in the morning. Either that or I smell. I think I, t- <laughs> I took a shower, but um, we, we, we moved the chairs up just a little bit to ensure that we had enough room for everybody. Uh, and so, obviously, the moving up the chairs a touch, Elise, created a little uh, need for some sunglasses. I have my sunglasses in my backpack if you'd like them. No? Okay. It's a good problem to have. It's a, it's, a good, uh, it's a good to have the sun, a little vitamin D. Well, good morning. I want to read to you out of the book of Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, if you're a guest with us, we've been in a series called For Us. This has been our Advent series, and if you're unfamiliar with what Advent means, it is just simply stopping, slowing down to just allow yourself a moment to be in awe, to be wowed. To experience the wonder of Jesus. That has been our hope and prayer for you this Christmas season. Is that throughout these last few weeks and even today that you would encounter and experience the awe and the wonder of Jesus. And the prophet Isaiah says in chapter 9 and verse 1, But there will be no darkness for those who are in trouble. Earlier he did bring the lands of Zerubbabel and Naphtali into disrepute. But the time is coming when he'll make that whole area glorious. The road along the sea, the country past the Jordan, international Galilee. Verse 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For those who lived in a land of deep shadows, light, sunbursts of light. You repopulated the nation, you expanded its joy. Oh, they're so glad in your presence. Festival joy. The joy of a great celebration, sharing rich gifts and warm greetings. The abuse of oppressors and cruelty of tyrants, all their whips and clubs and curses is gone, done away with. A deliverance as surpassing and sudden as Gideon's old victory over Midian. The boots of all those invading troops, along with their shirts soaked with innocent blood, will be piled in a heap and burned. A fire that will burn for days. For a child has been born for us. The gift of a son for us. And he'll take over the running of the world. His names will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness. And his ruling authority will grow and there will be no limits to the wholeness he brings. He'll rule from the historic David throne over that promised kingdom. And he'll put that kingdom on a firm footing. And keep it going with fair dealing and right living, beginning now and lasting always. The zeal of God, of the angels' armies, will do all of this. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray that this morning your word would, in fact, be a lamp into our feet. I pray that it would be a guide into our path. 
I pray that your word would penetrate the hardest hearts and it would draw those who are farthest away closer to you. And that today we would in fact have an encounter with the Son in whom you sent for us to be a wonderful counselor, to be a mighty God, to be an everlasting Father, to be the Prince of Peace. Today let your Son invade our hearts and transform us from the inside out so that we might live this day and every day going forward according to your will and purpose for our life. In your name we said, amen and amen. For a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us. He came for us to be a wonderful counselor, to be a mighty God, to be an everlasting father, to be the prince of peace. And while we have discovered these are not intended to be the literal names of Jesus, they are, however, a fulfillment of a promise. They are aspects of his character. And they described who he is and what he has come to do for you, for me, and for us. And my hope and my prayer is that today you would know that he came for you, for me, for us, to be the Prince of Peace. To be the Prince of Peace. It's this season of Advent, this Christmas season, we have been learning who and what Jesus came to do for us. Who and what Jesus came to do for us. And this, this text in Isaiah chapter 9, and particularly in verse 2, we discover underscoring everything that the Scriptures read, one truth. That the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. It says simply that the people walking in darkness, those who walk in darkness, those who have been walking in darkness, those who are at risk of walking in darkness, which tells me that, that we all from time to time, from season to season, will find ourselves in a season of darkness. And from this text, we, we, have, we have learned and are learning that the promise is that ultimately Jesus came for us to be a light to those who are walking in darkness. If you took nothing away from today other than this one truth, it's this, that Jesus came for you to be a wonderful counselor, to be a mighty God, to be an everlasting Father, to be the Prince of Peace. He came for you to be a light to help you overcome darkness. He came for you to light the path in which leads to darkness. Simply put, darkness is the absence of light. Darkness is the absence of hope. It's the absence of joy. Truth be told, I believe deep down that darkness is the absence of real love. And as we've come to discover, darkness 
is defined in the Hebrew word, which is chosek. And it simply means obscurity. In other words, the feeling of being unknown or unimportant. Darkness is defined to mean struggling with a secret. You know, like when somebody calls you and says, can you keep a secret? How many of us have said yes time and time again and yet realize that the number of secrets we've been asked to keep have actually done us more harm than they have good? Darkness can be defined as somebody who is in distress. It could be defined as somebody who is feeling dread or terror. It could be defined as somebody who is in mourning or the constant state of mourning. It could be defined as somebody who is perplexed or in a perplexed state. Darkness could be defined as somebody who is feeling ignorant or is struggling with a lack of knowledge or information on something. And even deeper still, darkness can in fact be defined as evil or sin, simply put. So the question I would ask you this morning is simply this, are you walking in darkness? Are you walking in darkness? Is there an absence of light in your life? Is there an absence of hope in your life? Is joy absent from your life? Is it possible that if you were really honest with yourself, love is absent from your life? Then I believe that the word of the Lord for you this Christmas season is not just one of light. It's not just one of hope. It's not just one of joy and love but one of a promise. A promise that was prophesied and fulfilled in the birth and the gift of Jesus Christ. A promise in which simply states he came for you and me and for us to be a prince of peace. To be a prince of peace. In the Hebrew, we would find the prince of peace like this, Sar Shalom. Sar Shalom. Sar is simply... Uh, In Hebrew, the word prince to mean chieftain, chief, ruler, official, or captain. Shalom simply means this, completeness, soundness, welfare, wholeness. Shalom is perfect in every way. And so the promise, by definition, if we were to look at it in biblical translation, would come to be the chief of wholeness, for us. It is in fact the only time I will cheer for a chief. I'm just letting that one sit for a minute. The promise is in fact the chief of wholeness for us. To which he then declares in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 7, his ruling authority will grow and there will be no limits to the wholeness. There will be no limits to the shalom. There there will be no limits to the completeness. There there will be no limit to the soundness. There there will be no limit to the welfare. There, There will be no limit to the wholeness he brings. 
You see, what I've discovered is that darkness is the very evidence of something that is lacking or incomplete. Something that is afraid, that is worried, that lacks the confidence and belief that you are worthy to be made whole, complete, forgiven, or healed. Darkness is a lie that will keep you tripping up over and over and over again if you don't call it into the light. Friends, I'm here this morning to tell you that darkness was not intended to have the final word. Darkness is not a promise. It's a distraction. And when properly identified, it is an opportunity for you and I to see and experience the great light. To see and know Jesus who came for us to be Sar Shalom, chief of completeness, chief of soundness, chief of welfare, chief of wholeness for our life. He came to be the prince of peace for you, for me, for us. And I believe that without acknowledging the dark, there is no need for light. Without acknowledging the dark, that there is... There is no need for light. You see, the greatest tactic of the enemy is to keep you trapped in darkness. Or or to keep you from believing that you're worthy of experiencing and encountering the light. By reminding you that you're failed and that you're broken. By reminding you that you made a mistake. By reminding you that that you're just not loved the way that you think you're deserving of being loved, but by, by whispering in your ear that, that you'll never get the job, by, by whispering in your ear that, you know what, maybe they are considering leaving you, by whispering in your ear that your kids actually don't really respect you or, or admire you, by whispering that, that you are unworthy of forgiveness, that you're unworthy of love, that you're unworthy of being known truly for who God created and purposed you to be. So let me offer you a, a, a follow-up question. Are you, are you possibly neglecting the darkness that you're in because you feel unworthy of being made whole? Is it possible that, that you're just pretending like darkness isn't surrounding you? Is it possible that, that, that there are some areas in your life that you have actually down at the foot of the cross, but there's some things that you just don't think that you're worthy of being forgiven and made whole? Is it, is it possible that some of us have been trapped in darkness for so long that we've become addicted to it? And we've become addicted to being forgiven or to the idea that we're not worthy of being forgiven? Better said. I'm here to tell you that today you don't have to sit in the dark anymore. I'm here to tell you that today you don't have to be lost in the dark anymore. I'm here to tell you that today you don't have to be scared of the dark anymore. You see, Advent, Christmas, is the fulfillment of a promise. And in it, we find Jesus who came for us. We find Jesus who came for us to the people who walked in darkness to be a great light. 
For those who are living in a land of deep shadows, he came to be light, sunbursts of light. And then we see in John chapter 8 and verse 12, the fulfillment of the promise when Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness anymore because you will have the light that leads to life. Prophesied a promise. And here we read the fulfillment of that promise. Jesus himself. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. This season reminds us that darkness isn't final. It does not have to have the last word in your life. I would go as far as to say that darkness should not have a period at the end. If there is truly a God in heaven who loves us this much, then there will always be a comma at the end of darkness. Because it tells you and me that there is a promise on the way. Darkness isn't final, therefore it does not require a period. Darkness has a comma which presents an opportunity for the light of the world to illuminate your darkness and come to you as a wonderful counselor, as a mighty God, as an everlasting Father, as a Prince of Peace. I'm here to tell you this morning that darkness isn't the end of your story. It's not a promise. It's a lie. And I believe that every lie has a truth. And the truth is this, that your darkness is just an opportunity to encounter the wonder of Jesus and to know the truth about who he is and what he came to do for you, for me, and for us. And here's the truth. You want the truth? Despite what any movie critics might tell you, you can handle the truth. <laughs> for a child has been born for us. The gift of a son for us. I don't know about you, but that doesn't say just for Pastor Aaron. That doesn't just say for Steve or, or for Tom. It doesn't just say for Vera or Renee, but it actually says for us. It's inclusive of all of us. Every one of us, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Christ is Lord. And therefore, where there is darkness, light is on the way for you, for me, for everybody. He'll take over the running of the world. And his names will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness. And his ruling authority will grow and there will be no limits to the wholeness he brings. Will you stand with me this morning, church? I'd love for you just to, for the next five minutes, give yourself permission to be completely and totally engaged in this moment. And I'd like to just ask you a really honest question.
And I'd like for you just to have permission to be completely honest with the Lord. Not with me, not with your neighbor. This is just between you and the Lord first. If you're a guest here, that you have to understand that this is not something that we want to make a spectacle of. This is something that we want to open the door of opportunity for you to have an encounter with Jesus, with the love of the Father. And so the, qu- the question is simply this. Are you walking in darkness right now? Are you struggling in a season of darkness? Has darkness overwhelmed you? Maybe another way of considering the question is, is there, is there an absence of light in your life? Is hope absent from your life? Do you have the absence of joy? As my friend Jason said last week, we're not talking about happiness that's exterior. We're talking about joy that's interior. Is there an absence of love in your life? Are you in this season, even now, neglecting the darkness around you because you feel unworthy of forgiveness and being made whole? With every eye closed, as you're considering those questions, the first thing I'd like to do is is just simply ask this. Is it possible that the answer to those questions is yes because you've never invited Jesus into your life? I just, just ask you to respect this moment. If you would, just close your eyes with me. And if that's you this morning and you're, you're answering yes, I, I'm stuck in darkness. I, I'm feeling unworthy of being forgiven or loved. And the simple answer to that question is because I've never asked Jesus into my life. I'd love for you to do me a favor and and do something really brave and bold. I'd love for you just in a couple moments, lift your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I've never asked Jesus into my life. Or maybe, maybe you did once upon a time. Life, circumstances, situations, offense or hurt, darkness crept back in. And as a result, it drew you away from Jesus. You've been running from him more as of late than you've been running to him. But for whatever reason, today you're here. Your heart's beating a million miles a minute. You sense this peace coming over you right now. And you sense a warmth coming over you. That's the love of the Father who wants to invade your life again if you would give him permission. So if you've never asked Jesus into your life or you did once upon a time but you've been running away from him and today you want to come back to him. With every eye closed, would you just, would you just do something really brave? Just right where you are, lift your hand. One hand, two hands, doesn't matter. It's between you and the Lord. If that's you this morning, I want to invite Jesus into my life. Beautiful. Beautiful. Anyone else? I want to come back to him and invite him into my life again. I want to make him the center of my life again. Beautiful. Anyone else? Beautiful. 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 If you raised your hand and you said yes to Jesus this morning, you, you, like the prodigal son, you said, I'd be better off in my father's house, and you, you want to invite him back into your life, I'd like to ask you to just repeat this prayer with me, and I'd like to ask everyone else to join us. Just, just give us a few more moments. We'll say this prayer together. 
For those of us who just raised our hand and invited Jesus into our life, you just made the best decision you'll ever make. All of heaven is celebrating because of, because of your willingness to say yes, because of your desire to know Jesus, because what the Bible says, you came home. So would you repeat this prayer if you just raised your hand this morning, or if you wanted to raise your hand but you couldn't, but you still want to invite Jesus in your life, you can say this prayer in your heart. Echo it. And I'm believing that he will invade your heart in a real way. You ready? Repeat after me. Jesus, thank you for coming for me to be the Prince of Peace. Thank you for drawing me close in this moment, close enough that I could seek your forgiveness in my life. So right now, I ask for you to forgive me and welcome me into your home as a son or as a daughter of the Most High. Today, I commit my life to following you, and I ask that you would help me to follow you all the rest of my days. In your name we pray, and everybody said amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout. Ninety more seconds. If you raise your hand and you said yes to Jesus, I'd love to either say hello to you, give you a hug, give you a gift. You can see Amy right after service, and she would do that as well. We want to help you on this journey of following Jesus. It's nothing, there's nothing more important for us than to help you know Jesus and discover his purpose for your life. And this is the first step for that. Second thing, everyone, all right, ready? Everyone close your eyes again. For those of you who have said yes to Jesus, for those of you like me who are following Jesus, but yet still find yourself struggling in moments or seasons of darkness, could I, could I just encourage you right now in this moment to just lift your hands to heaven? Say, that's me. There's an absence of of love in my life. There's an absence of light in my life. There's an absence of joy in my life. And if that's you this morning, you, you, you recognize that there's been seasons of darkness, there's been seasons of disappointment, you've been struggling with anxiety, you, you're living in fear, you're, you're struggling with a, a sense of obscurity, of feeling unknown or unimportant, could I just encourage you right now just to lift your hands to heaven? right now, in this moment. If I was being honest with you, this has been as, as, as impactful for me these last several weeks as I pray and believe it's been for all of us. And I find myself at the end of each week just coming before the Lord, thanking Him, but also being really honest with Him and saying, Lord, this has, has been as much for me as it been, has been for anyone else. And I want to just encourage you that it's, there's nothing wrong with recognizing the darkness that you're in. And it's only the, the scheme of the enemy to convince you that you're unworthy of allowing the light to shine on that which has been kept in the dark. So for those of us who have raised our hands this morning, I pray that we would in fact know this truth, that you came to free us, to save us, and to keep us from struggling or getting lost in the dark. 
that you came for us to be the Prince of Peace, to be the Chief of Wholeness. And I pray, Father, where there's any lack, where there's any disappointment, where there's any brokenness, where there's any sickness, where there's any fear or worry or mourning or trembling, whatever it might be, Father, that your Prince of Peace would come for us right now in this moment and make us whole, would make us complete. Father, I thank you that right now that your Holy Spirit is going to work on the inside of each and every one of us, Father. And as we come before you humbly, let us leave this moment knowing this truth, that you came for us in our darkest moment to free us from the past, to eliminate our, pre- illuminate our presence, and to light our future to ensure that any future moments would not have power or control over us, but that we would be led by the wonderful counselor, the mighty God and everlasting Father, that the Prince of Peace would keep us and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. Church, I'm praying that in this Christmas season that you will encounter his perfect peace. That it will quiet and calm your soul and it will give you courage and strength for the life that he has purposed for you and I to live from this moment forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.